We're going to invite Pastor Greg to come and encourage us with the word this morning. So why don't you give him a cheer in your home, throw some hands up in the chat and welcome Greg as he comes this morning. Thanks, Beck. Great to be with you once again here this morning. I uh, don't forget we've got Mother's Day planned for next week and they've got a few interesting things planned for that. So, so make sure you're with us. And remember, we have got our kids going right now as well. So, uh, um, so it's, it's amazing what we're doing. I know Robin ran uh, Music and Moves on Friday as well. So we've got so much online content, it's ridiculous. And uh, um, so... Hey, um, got a message for you this morning. I was nearly going to jump into a series, but I, I thought I, I just had another message I wanted to bring before we did that. And this one's called Never Lose Heart. Never Lose Heart. Uh, and this week, like, this is probably one of the reasons why I decided to do this message. This week I heard a report um, on the radio, I think it was, that Beyond Blue had actually had 40 to 50% increase in their phone calls. Now, what's interesting about that, they identified the main contributors to that were these three things. Um, uh, The pressures at home in isolation, uh, the uncertainty and worrying about the future, and also the sense of loneliness that people had. I thought, wow, isn't that interesting? Um, You know, even for me in these last week or two or three I've been talking to lots of different people. And for some of these people, they've actually lost heart. Um, they've actually lost their way. They've lost the sense of their purpose and uh, either their own difficulties or other people's difficulties in their life or other perceived difficulties for the future. And it was so interesting because they've got their eyes on what I would consider are the wrong things. You know, they've got their, their, they're being worn down, they're discouraged, they're, they're disappointed, they're, they're frustrated, you know, they've got fear of the future and, and they're weary and, and almost unfulfilled in their, in their current lives. And uh, here this morning I just want to have a look at two different men from the Bible that have a, approached this subject from a pretty different perspective. The first one's King Solomon and uh, as you may know or you may have heard, he, he was the wisest man on earth ever, apparently. He's also one of the richest men that's ever been on earth as well, which, which is interesting. But in his excesses and his self-indulgence, I'm going to show you how actually despondent he got in that process. Um, you know, we're going to look at uh, Ecclesiastes 2, uh, verses 10 to 11, and then also verse 17 to start with. And I want to read it to you, and if you've got your Bibles, have a look as well. It says this, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. Isn't he awesome? I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my work and this was the reward for all my labour. Yet, when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. Listen to this, a chasing after wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. So I hated life. Because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. So I so hated life. This guy's got everything. He can have everything. And he does that statement, so I, so I hated life. Aren't they just such sad words, you know, when you think about that? And, and maybe for you here this morning watching on, perhaps you've had a sense of that as well. You know, maybe there's 
things about your life that you're not enjoying right now and that you're even hating. And somehow life has just lost its meaning. You've, you've lost your way. You, you, you're discouraged. You're down. You, you just don't know what to do about that. And, uh, and, and here's the thing we learn from Solomon. You know, pleasure doesn't help secure our hearts. Even with all the pleasure, all the things he can buy, all the things he can access with his riches, it can't secure our hearts. And, uh, and it's so interesting. You know, the first thought I, I want to bring to you this morning, and, and it might help you as we identify some of the contributors that can help us lose heart, is I'm frustrated, I'm discouraged. Ecclesiastes 1 verses 2 to 4, and this is out of the Good News Translation, it says this, this is Solomon speaking, life is useless, all useless, you spend your time working, but what do you have to show for it? The world just stays the same. I'm frustrated, I'm disappointed, I'm discouraged. You know, things aren't going my way. I'm not where I thought I'd be. I didn't think I'd be at this stage of my life. I thought I'd be someone better or different or, or whatever. And, and, and I've got nothing to show for all the hard work I've put in. And, and he's really frustrated and he's discouraged. Next thing I, I, I looked, I found this, I'm exhausted. He was really weary. And Ecclesiastes 1 verses 5 to 8, and this is again out of the Good News Translation. The sun still rises and it still goes down. The wind blows round and round and back again. Every river flows into the sea. Then the water returns to where the rivers began and starts all over again. He's talking about the pointlessness of life. Everything leads to weariness. A weariness, two great four words. I'm tired, I'm weary, I'm exhausted. What's the point of all this? And, uh, and, and it seems from my discussions with a lot of people, a lot of people are really tired and weary these days. And, uh, and whether it's the pace of your life or the new conditions, the new adjustments we've made to, to, to what we're doing in lockdown, or maybe just disillusion with what's going on in your life right now. You know, you're on this merry-go-round that seems to be going round and round and round. You don't know how to get off. And you say, where's the stop button here? How do I get off this thing? And, and we're not responding well to challenges in our life because we're tired, we're weary, we're worn out. And, uh, and like Solomon says, that everything in my life leads to weariness. Here's another thing I, ident- I identified. I'm unfulfilled, I'm disappointed, I'm despondent, I guess. And this is Ecclesiastes 1, verses 8 to 9. No matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we're not content. History merely repeats itself. Gosh, he's in a bad way. Yeah, maybe you feel stuck in the cycle of life. Maybe life isn't fulfilling you. Maybe you you just feel like you are on still on that merry-go-round. Here's the deal, though. Very often we know what isn't fulfilling us, but we're not really sure what will fulfill us. And unless we start to identify that stuff, we don't know how to move forward. Yeah, perhaps for you, you're trying to look to other people to fulfil you in life. Maybe you're trying to make other people make you feel better about yourself. Maybe it's your circumstances. Maybe it's the stuff of life. Maybe it's things like, um, you know, wrong relationships, alcohol, drugs, porn, you know, whatever. uh, Just help me make me feel better about myself just for a second and that's all it does. Maybe for you it's a bit more like Solomon with the earthly pleasures, you know, because he's, you know, all this world that, he can buy, all the stuff he can buy. And for us, it's more like money, toys, cars, boats, you know, houses, whatever that. But the, the problem is 
They just don't fulfill that deep longing within us. Even though it makes us feel good sometimes for a little period of time, it just doesn't fulfill that thing inside of us. And then we get to comparison and we start comparing ourselves with other people. Well, they've got a big house than me and they've got a better car than me and they've got this and that, better marriage. And that. Like, it just is not helpful, um, unfulfilled. Well, this morning I hope I can bring you some hope in this showing you these scriptures because there's a secret to never losing heart. And I want to show you this this morning. And, and basically it's by living our lives in God's truth and grace. You know, um, Solomon says something which actually is very wise. He says that God placed eternity in the hearts of men. And that's a beautiful saying. And, and I, I've, just, I've just meditated on that over and over again. God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. We actually have got eternity in our hearts if we scrape away all the rubbish, all the stuff that keeps us away from that. And this morning I want to look at another great man in the Bible. His name's Paul. He's the Apostle Paul. And um, he's got a different perspective to Solomon. And you need to understand that the Apostle Paul is almost the opposite to Solomon in many ways. Solomon had everything under the sun. We read about that. And it was still frustrated, tired, and unfulfilled. Now, Paul basically had nothing, yet he was content in all situations, in all circumstances. You see, Paul gave it all away. His privileged position as a Pharisee, his financial security, his physical security. He was beaten and flogged and persecuted. He had threats. He was arrested. He was thrown in prison multiple times. He was almost killed. He was shipwrecked. He was bitten by a snake and almost drowned. And look what he says in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 to 18. Therefore, do not lose heart. I want to wait there and let those words resonate within you. This is a guy that's just given it all. And here's his wisdom for us here this morning. Therefore, do not lose heart. You see, in this season of isolation and perhaps frustration and disappointment and discouragement and tiredness even, um, you're feeling a little lost, disconnected, disoriented by what's going on, we can easily lose our joy and our peace and our way in that process. And as a consequence, we can lose heart. Well, see, let me say this to you. Paul has been persecuted way more than we have ever even contemplated for any one of us. And, and I want to say this to you very clearly and very succinctly. He declares and prophesies this over you and over me here this morning. Because of God's great love for each and every one of us, because of God's great love for each and every one of us, therefore we do not lose heart. We should take particular notice what comes in after this. You know, verse 16. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. See, the outside circumstances, we are wasting away. But on the inside, we're being renewed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is renewing you and me every day because he's preparing us for all eternity, not for just today. It's the temporary thing that we get so stuck on. And God says, no, no, I'll put eternity in your heart. There's eternity out there. Lift your eyes. See what this is all about. And, and, and I love Paul's heart in this. You know, it goes on in verse 17. For our light and momentary troubles... 
for our light and momentary troubles. Can, can I stop it right there for a second? Um, see, his troubles were neither light or momentary. Uh, in a natural sense, they were really heavy and ongoing. Um, but Paul is trying to impart to us a deeper spiritual truth here this morning. So please don't miss this. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. An eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And, and the secret to solving our problems is not to try and solve all our problems. Because the truth is we never will in this lifetime, on this earth, while we're still alive, in heaven, yep, there won't be any troubles. But here we're going to have troubles. Jesus said that right. But the real secret to solving our problems is to have something bigger than them that we believe in, that we have faith in, that we trust in, that, that will outweigh them. They're like scales. There's our troubles and there's our God. How big is your God? Because I'm telling you, if your troubles are bigger than your God, you're going to be out of balance. But if you know that your God is bigger than your troubles, you'll be in the right balance. And, and our problems on one side, God on the other side. And our, we're told that our troubles help us achieve for us an eternal glory. You see, when we have an eternal perspective, it changes everything. We don't get affected by the storms of life. The storms are going to come. How are you going to be resilient in the storms? You know, the troubles, the problems, an e eternal perspective outweighs them all. It tells us how big our God, how long eternity is, that our life is like just that in, in eternity. And we have a bigger purpose, a bigger calling, a big, bigger cause and a bigger God that makes the other stuff just seem smaller and less important if we get the right perspective, if we understand that our God outweighs all our troubles. He brings a balance in that. And I don't know if you've encountered this, but so often we get so focused on those things in our that are immediate and urgent and they need our attention, of course, or we think they need our attention anyway. You know, those, and also, not only the immediate stuff, but we also start to worry about the future. So it's not only this stuff we're looking at right now, it's in my face, it's urgent, it's immediate, but it's also how is that going to affect the future? So we start to worry about the things out in the future. And here's something that I know is true. 95% of the things we worry about never come true. Never come true. So we can spend all 95% of our time worrying and anxious and discouraged and defeated and all those things about stuff in our lives that actually never comes true. We try to come up with all these solutions for now and for the future, and we just end up exhausted, disappointed, frustrated, unfulfilled. And the problem is we can't see the forest for the trees. We're so close to it. But if we recognise our God is bigger than our perceived problems, it will outweigh, it will counterbalance our problems with our bigger God. You know, I heard this saying years ago, I asked the Lord to lighten my load. Instead, he strengthened my shoulders. So often we're asking God, please lighten my load. He says, no, 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 I've got a different way. I'm going to strengthen your shoulders. Here this morning, just want you to, to wherever you're sitting, just straighten your shoulders, just straighten your back. Just, just 
feel God doing something in you right now. He's going to strengthen your shoulders instead of lightening your load. And you're going to come through this really well. Paul continues in verse 18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. See, that's difficult for us. We find great difficulty achieving that because the stuff that's that's temporary in our face is there and the stuff that's eternal and unseen is out there. And we have to lift our eyes beyond the stuff that's here and look above it. Go, God, where are you in this? Show me all eternity. Show me what this is all about. And give ourselves to a chance to look beyond our circumstances so God can encourage us in that place. And here's the truth that I learnt the hard way. We need to, instead of focusing on the earthly, temporary stuff, we need to change our focus and lift our eyes to the eternal. The way, that way we never lose heart. We, we never lose our way. The setbacks and the disappointments come. The fear of the unknown is there sometimes, but we've got a bigger something bigger to believe in, something bigger to trust in. It's our God. It's all eternity that he has for you and for me. You know, I want to tell you about an example in my life, and some of you would have heard this example, but I'll try and make it reasonably short here this morning so I don't, uh, if you've heard it before. But basically there was a time in our church history when we bought this property, we'd knocked down this building, we'd started to build, and we lost, we just got stuck. We couldn't move forward. We were just stuck. We had no, didn't seem we had anybody interested in it. We didn't seem we have any money, didn't have any resources, didn't know how we're going to move forward in this, in this place. And I can tell you, I was pretty frustrated. I was pretty discouraged. I was disappointed. I was, you know, feeling unfulfilled. I thought God had called us here and yet, God, you're going to let us die here. And just like the Israelites, we're not going to be able to move forward. We're not going to move in the promises that you have for us. And uh, it seemed absolutely impossible. And I won't give you the whole scenario because there were so many things going on. But you see, um, I was so focused on the circumstances at hand, I lost sight of God in that process. And I was close to burnout, to be truthful. I, I really wanted to resign. I really just wanted to run. I just wanted to get out of here. I realised that I couldn't make this happen anymore. And, and I, I remember this one morning... Uh, I realised it was absolutely impossible in the natural of this. I, I couldn't even think of a miracle that God could do to help us get through this process. And I was praying and I said, God, I just can't do it. And it almost felt like God sighed. I went, oh, good, finally, get out of the way. You see, God wanted to do something in me and something in you, the people of the church that were here with us then. He wanted to do something in us before he started to build this natural building. He had to do something in us first. And, and, and I found it so interesting that, you know, it wasn't actually about the building. It was about my focus, my faith, my trust. What did I really believe? And I had to get my eyes back on God. And... Uh, you know, one of the absolute keys to building this auditorium that we're currently standing in is, um, and they don't teach us this in Bible college, by the way, um, it was for me learning how to pray God's blessing over us as a church when the blessing wasn't even evident. So it was actually me trusting in praying that blessing 
over each and every person. Now, I can tell you how I did this. Um, I prayed every morning, every day. I got the church directory out. I prayed everybody's name. I prayed this prayer blessing over every single person. And I want to tell you the scripture that I used. It's out of Numbers, and it's, it's chapter 6, and it's verses 22 to 27, although 24 to 25 or 26 is, is the main part. But let me put you a little context. This is God speaking to Moses. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them. So it was very clear, very, very clear. He's articulated. This is what you say to them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Now, I did pray that personally every day. I prayed over at church every day. Um, I prayed in church every time we met for months and months and months. In every area, I I bought uh, a revelation of this, this scripture, and I know people probably got bored with it because, you know, um, but truthfully, it's a blessing. And, and what I've asked for at the end of the service this morning is for a song that it's only, we've only just heard in the last couple of months. It's called The Blessing. It actually use, uses these verses and, and sings them out and prophesies them over people. And I just love the song. So I've just asked if we can do that. It won't be our band. It'll, it'll be another band. But uh, it's, it's a beautiful song. Anyway, I guess somehow in this process I got an eternal view on what this was all about. I started to lose my angst and my fear and my discouragement, my tiredness and all those things, frustration. Um, And then things started to turn around. Things started to turn around. I I can't explain it to you. I don't know how it happened, but our tithes and offerings started to go up. We started to get money in the building fund to, to start to do this. We start to have resources available to us to do the work. We, we start to have people that were motivated to start to do the work, that's a step forward and, and finishing our building. And it was a miracle. In fact, it was more than one miracle. It was multiple miracles that happened. I haven't got time to tell you all of them here this morning. But what I want to say to you and emphasize is the key wasn't trying harder. It wasn't worrying longer. It wasn't working harder. It wasn't being more clever. It was about having a God focus, as the Apostle Paul put it, having an eternal glory. And uh, I I just love that. I can't tell you how much I love this. You know, I'm just going to tidy up this message and give you some practical things uh, to do to finish with here this morning. Just four things I I thought of as I was putting this on paper. It might help you get, if if you've lost heart at the moment, maybe help to get an eternal focus, get our focus back on God. And the first one, these are going to seem very simplified, I guess, but it's really to pray. It's to pray. In Colossians 3, verses 1 to 2, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your eyes on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. First one's to pray. And prayer is a way... We live life to the full, not to lose heart. And But it, we can just pray anything. I don't want to make this too formalised, but but here's, here's something I learned in, in the, the example I just gave you. The real secret to prayer is first surrender and obedience, 
to God. It has to be based in gratitude and thankfulness. Um, but it's not just downloading our woes to God. That, that's a part of it, and we need to do that. But prayer is a process of giving it all up to God, all the stuff of the day, of the month, of the earth, that's the natural stuff that's at you, and taking on a new attitude, a new mind, setting our hearts and minds on things above, aligning ourselves more with God's eternal perspective rather than our natural perspective, you know. And, um, and if you've ever read some of the Psalms of David, he very much does this. He, he goes, he downloads to God, you know, protect me from my enemies, God, destroy those people, cut their heads off, kill them, smash them, whatever. And, and then he goes, he transitions in his prayers into a worship and away from earthly problems into a God focus, to surrender, to obedience, to thanksgiving, to praise and worship. And that's why praise and worship is so important. And I know it's probably difficult for you to worship in your living rooms. I, I get that. But can I ask you to push through? I know we can't meet together. There may not be the atmosphere in your uh, lounge room or wherever you're watching this that, that is in a, a church scenario. But can I just urge you, press in to praise and worship. If you can, I'm telling you, it makes all the difference. It somehow changes our perspective. In in line with that prayer idea, it changes our perspective. And, and, you know, that's why I worship even when I don't feel like worshipping. That's why I'll lift my hands when I don't feel like lifting my hands. Because somehow in the process of that, God does something in our hearts. He lifts my eyes. He encourages me often when when I'm feeling discouraged. And, and it changes our focus. It transitions it from the earthly to the eternal, from, from the, the problems to God. And this is where Paul, the Apostle Paul, tells us is a way we won't lose heart. So the first thing is pray. Second one is serve. Now, in this year's series, you go, situation, you go, well, I can't serve in church anymore. I'm not talking about serving in church. I'm talking about serving people wherever you are. Serving your family, serving your next door neighbor, serving the people up the road, serving people in your your group, you know, whatever you can do that. It helps us become eternally minded. And, you know, see, we can so easily live our lives like Solomon on work and building stuff and eating the best food and wine. And I'm okay with all that, by the way. But it's if it's only all about me, if that's all there is in our lives will end up empty and our life will seem meaningless, exactly the same as Solomon. And I, I, I just want to re-emphasise that here this morning. When we're open and we recognise other people's needs around us, it actually opens up something in us. As we serve other people, we get our eyes off our own situations and we start to look at needs around us. And we start to get an eternal perspective on life. We get a godly focus, not an earthly focus. And I'm telling you, it does something in our hearts. And we, we don't lose heart because of that, because we serve. So we pray, we serve. The third one here, it's generosity. It's to give generously, basically. And it's a key, I believe. You know, Psalm 112 verse 9 They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will will be remembered forever. They'll have influence and honour. And here's the thing about sharing freely and giving generously I want to say to you here this morning. I'm not talking about tithing. 
See, some people get giving and tithing mixed up. For me, it's so clear, tithing is already the God's. It's already the Lord's. I, I, it's the first 10% of what I make I give to God. It's not, that's not up for discussion here. I'm talking about the other 90%, everything else. Um, you know, my time, my focus, my resources, my, my finances, all those things, my words, because they can make a difference in the world. They can make an eternal difference in this world, by the way. I want to encourage you this morning to live open, expansive, generous lives, to live lives that others would look on and go, wow, they are incredibly generous people. But just not in church, just not with church people, but everywhere you go, wherever you are situated, make a difference wherever you are. Be generous in every situation. Be a blessing wherever you are. You know, sometimes we just allow our perspective to get so small we are so small-minded, we pull back, we get self-focused, we get fearful, and uh, we lose our eternal perspective in that. I just want to encourage you this morning, as I start to wrap up, to live open, expansive, generous lives. Last thought here this morning, pray, serve, give generously, share Christ. You know, if we really have eternity in our hearts and believe that heaven and hell are real, we have no choice but go to new levels in our praying, in our serving, in our generosity. That all leads to a new level in our sharing Christ. You know, I don't know about you, but it's a scary thing to share Christ with someone. But I'm telling you, when you do, when you lead someone to Christ, it puts it all in perspective. We lose our small-mindedness. We, we, we get the, the reality of all eternity. And uh, you know, sometimes it's our actions Sometimes it's our words, sometimes it's our prayers, sometimes it's our generosity, sometimes it's our serving someone. But it all leads to sharing Christ, the love of Christ in that. And here this morning as, as I finish up, I just want to end this with Ecclesiastes 12, verses 13 to 14. This is the last thought that Solomon's got in this book. He says this, Now all has been heard, here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Now that is pure wisdom right there. I'm going to pray right now. And, uh, you know, we had that thought of that God has put eternity in the hearts of men. And maybe here this morning, maybe you've made that decision, maybe you've never made that decision. But here's an opportunity as I pray just to get right with God. And on our screen, we've got a button you can press to, to, to let us know who you are, that you, that you want to make that decision first of all. But then you can also let us know who you are if you would like follow up on that. I, I just want to pray here. There's no coincidences you are here watching here this morning. And I know for some of you, you've never made that decision or you've fallen away from God over this last season. Here's an opportunity to get your heart, heart right with God. Let me pray. Father God... I thank you for this, your word, God. I thank you for the inspiration of your word in our lives, God. I pray that it keeps us on track, that it balances the scales in our lives, God, that we get you bigger than our circumstances, than our problems, than our situations, God, that we get a, a, a godly balance and an eternal perspective in our lives. Here this morning, Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, you are speaking to us, you are ministering to us, you are guiding us, you're leading us, you're counselling us, God. 
And to those people right now, God, that that, um, are thinking about making this decision, God, I pray you lead them forward in this. Holy Spirit, you are drawing them to you. And, And out of that, there'll be a change in thinking, a change in living, a change of attitude, a change of perspective, a different way to look at life, a different way to live life, because there is a better way. And if that's you here this morning, just, just press that button and uh, we'll know that you're responding to that, to that call. And God, I, I thank you so much for your amazing forgiveness for our lives, God, that we are forgiven for all the things that we've done wrong in our past and, and you set us up for all eternity in that place. And God, there is amazing grace in that. There's amazing love in that place. And your love is here for each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, guys, it's great to be with you. Um, We're going to go to a song now that's called The Blessing. And I hope and pray you worship your hearts out to this this morning. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Remember Mother's Day. Remember uh, trivia tonight. And uh, be blessed. See ya. Just